1: Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the comic book chronicles Uh, As soon as I can get my shot fixed My name is Roddy Cat and you can find me at Roddy Cat on Twitter You can find me at Need on Twitter You can find me at CBcaps on Instagram
2: with Columbia
1: down the way. There we go. And the sound effects you've heard come from none other than our man in Brooklyn 1 agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. What's up,
0: everybody? Co-hosting and representing the borough of Kings.
2: Straight up Brooklyn in the house. Representing Brooklyn. Brooklyn. From Brooklyn,
0: known as yeah, I'm just sort of
1: feeling myself today, folks. Just just a little bit, but how is that? Ah. For the day? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what up, Bidgy Games 2? Good to have you here, sir, as always. What's going on? Uh, you can find this here uh, podcast on the Calls of the Podcast Network, the CSPN.us. Do it today. You could also find us on your podcast place of choice, whether it be Google Play or Apple iTunes, uh, Spotify, or the of the Podcast Network SoundCloud page. Make sure to click like, subscribe, leave us all the
0: positive five-star reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts, because it does matter.
1: Ding 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 ding. Uh, and you can find us recording every Thursday night, mostly every Thursday night, 9.30 Eastern Standard Time, on the uh, YouTube channel of The Click Nation and the twitch.tv slash Chronicles. Again, please hit like,
0: subscribe. Make sure to click the uh, subscription button so that you know, the notification button, so that you know when we are on live and recording as we are right now. <laughs>
1: So, folks, we—it's—it's—has uh, um, been an eventful week in television. Let's let us say, because yes. um, we got the premiere two episodes of uh, Star Wars: Ahsoka, uh, which we are going to start talking about now. The first episode is called Master and Apprentice, and the second one is called Toil and Trouble. So, just for the folks who. Sometimes watch these things all at
0: once when they're all released. For the folks who are just a little bit behind, maybe you're out of town and you don't have access to Disney Plus just yet, I'm going to ring the spoiler bell just for you. Uh, We're not going to spoil anything too heavily so you can listen, but we will probably tread into some spoiler territory. So you are forewarned. Spoilers incoming in
1: three, two, one. So yeah, okay. So um, b- before we actually get into it, which we're like I we're not going to necessarily spoil it too much. But I'm just going to bring up one little uh, ditty that's in the n- the news about the show. In that, uh, which we're going to bring up anyway. So, uh, we originally thought that uh, Star Wars: Ahsoka was going to start on uh Wednesdays like uh like uh, stuff has been doing but apparently sometime in the last week or two uh that got moved up a day so uh um Ahsoka is going to be coming out on Tuesdays and not Wednesdays. Uh and of course like I said we have uh the uh the two episode uh premiere uh Tuesday night so we while we do still have a we have a at least a couple of more days, you know, that of uh, of between, you know, the time we record and the thing, we're still not going to really support the thing. But, you know, hey, that's just a little bit of news that. we're. Yeah, I mean, it's that. really only it, it comes down to one more day.
0: Wow. And uh, that, that day, you know, is a big difference because we can kind of absorb it, maybe even rewatch it before we actually record and broadcast so you know it does make some difference but ultimately as i said we're not going to spoil it too much uh i think my observations i have two kind of big observations that you know one is a mild spoiler one is not Hmm. a mild spoiler observation that i had is that we were thrown a bit of a curveball. Sorry to bring in a sports ball metaphor. So we were thrown a curveball here in the sense that for fans of Rebels who were given the idea that this might pick up roughly when Rebels kind of ends, that's not the case. It's a fake out.
1: And I love that. I love that it was the case.
0: Right. What it is, is what what happens is that Filoni, and we have to let Filoni cook here. That is the new rule. (laughs) Filoni is cooking here. He may not be on all the burners right now, but he's definitely cooking right now. And what I'll say is he cleverly faked us all out. By reenacting some aspects of the Rebels finale, but unbeknownst to us, these events were not exactly in immediate sequential order. That being the ending of Rebels and the scenes that we were treated to in uh, the first two episodes of Ahsoka. So that is the one observation I have. In terms of, you know, the the story being told. The second observation I have is something I shared with Roddy Cat, where (laughs) the three lead actresses, (laughs) this is my opinion, try to cancel me, come at me. um, The three lead actresses, when they're on the screen together,
1: were almost distractingly beautiful to me. (laughs) But that's just me. he's not wrong he's not wrong Um, so I'm going to say that uh, to kind of slightly counter something that Agent Seventy said uh, but I think Pelloni's been cooking this whole time um, because maybe I'm giving too much credit because I I would have to believe that he kind of had that he kind of had this already in the pot from whale well back in 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 rebels maybe even clone wars we do well i don't maybe not clone wars but rebels probably definitely and when he went back and did um uh what season seven of, of clone wars whatever the case may be but i think some of the stuff's probably been cooking just a little bit and that part might have been one of them um that being said if you are a fan of star wars rebels then you will get a, a trick a treat out of um these two episodes, like yes, there has been some flap about portrayals being different from the uh, the animated uh, series, which it's kind of going to stand a reason, especially when you're you you know you're using different people in the roles of the uh, animated pizza, and I know people probably still have a problem with uh, with that in itself, which you know it, it's it's uh, I admit it's. It would be. It would have been cool to see um, um, Ashley Eckstein and um, uh, um, uh, um, oh shoot, I forgot the girl's name. Who the the, the, the young lady that played um, Sabine? Um, Tia Bird. T- thank you. Yes.
0: Tia Tia Seercar,
1: actually. Tia Searcar. Yes. Tia Bird yes, yes.
0: Is, yeah. Tia, Tia Bird is her. Uh, I think her Instagram. Tia Searcar.
1: Yes. 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 Would love to see them reprise their roles in live action because let's face it, they, they are just <laughs> just as attractive, but this, that has nothing to do with th- that uh, uh, as far as we know at all um, so the differences here is p- pretty much, the portrayals here are kind of more paced than uh, they would be in, uh, in the animated realm partially because you, you're using different people, but I guess also because of the nature of live action, you know, they can't do or they can't easily do the, the exact same stuff that they, that they we're doing in, uh, and, in the animation as far as action and, or, you know, portrayals. Cause sometimes, you know, the, some things don't map, um, one-to-one on it. That being said, uh, we, not only got a curveball that, uh, the curveball that Agent Seventy, uh, mentioned, but we also got one from, um, from a character that, while we did not know too much about when we, we, when we first met this character, we, um, uh, I don't know if Agent Seventy felt this way about it, but, um, we we pretty much got a curveball about what we knew about a, um, an adversary of Ahsoka's that we had met, That comes back into play uh, in in this show.
0: Right. Uh, No, I got that. I got that. Very, you know, uh, let's just say tying this character into uh, a a particular uh, Sith apprentice who uh, finds himself uh, in half a lot.
1: Or... Yes, that and or a, a, a sect of uh force wield uh uh false force, force force wielders from the Clone Wars that uh kinda had a bit of a um an arc per se. Um but then not for reasons. If, if you're not up in your Clone Wars, uh, then I can't. I don't, don't want to. You know, it wouldn't be spoiler thing if I mentioned it, but it will be spoiler for this. Is uh, the, the revelation that we found out in this thing. Um, we also get um, introduced to a couple of other Force wielders, which if you've seen the trailers, you, you've already seen them. Now one played by uh, the late Ray Stevenson, um, who and they. Uh, I, I can. I guess. Is not necessarily a spoiler because, but is I guess if you feel it to be. But they do give him a um a, a little bit of a, uh a, a message, you know.
0: Right. A, it's um, you know this this is being done in his honor in his memory.
1: So because so, this that's was the last thing he ended up doing before he before right. he passed. So so they dedicated to, to to the first episode to him, um, which I gotta say that the given like the the. You know the the recent Star Wars stuff that we have been getting. These two are significantly lengthy, and I, I and I appreciated it uh, as as far as length of time. And I hope they kind of keep up. I can't remember how many episodes. It's in. A, it's probably in the article, um, but uh, yeah, it's it was some good stuff. Like I said, Rebels fans, you're in for a treat. Uh, Ahsoka fans, it's still debatable because I know there are some people who be like, well, are they going to pretty much. You know, screw up all the good wills. Uh, I heard somebody saying uh, that the character has gotten in this. I'm like, I don't see that happening. And the, the Faloni's at the helm. So I mean, I, you know, at the at the um, you know at the controls. At the controls. Yeah. So I can't see that happening. Um, I'm. I've been pretty much taking this to uh, say that hey, the Faloni versus back, which realistically it kind of never left, in a given some of the things we've gotten, but it's in full effect now or back in full effect now with this show. So I am looking forward to, to the next uh, episodes to, uh, to see what happened. But yeah, we got a, we got a good bit that happened here. There's I was going to, I will probably mention this again to Agent 70. There was a part at the end of uh, the first episode that I was like, well, I already see what's coming. (laughs) And sure enough, it happened. Right. right. You hated to see it, but you, you kind of felt it was going to happen. Um, but doesn't necessarily end uh, the way the same, a similar situation would have happened. Normally happens in Star Wars. So, uh, interestingly enough for that. Um, I don't know if you want to get into anything specific about the shows, but yeah, like for the most part, I enjoyed them like yes, the difference um in the portrayals is noticeable for you know for uh Ahsoka and uh a uh, Sabine um but they are not as despite their, their attractiveness they are not as ast- distracting as uh as it would feel. And uh Agent Seventy asked me before the the show would um Aside of that, would people need to know a good bit about Rebels before going into this? And I would say yes.
0: Yeah, I find that that's probably a a barrier to a barrier to entry, I think. Um, I think you need to probably consult a wiki uh, just to, you know, get yourself caught up on some of these characters. If you are not... um, if you're not as familiar with the Filoni side of the Star Wars universe as we are, or as many people are. Right. or That's just a suggestion.
1: Right. Or there are, I have seen at least one video uh, basically chronicling um, uh, Ahsoka's journey from beginning to now. Uh, as a matter of fact, one as of recent, maybe I'll try to put one in the, uh, in the show notes. So those are out there also if you just want to, you know, get the Cliff Notes version. But Rebels is good. Clone Wars is good. So, I mean, if, you're, if you claim to be a Star Wars fans, fan and don't like either one of those, I'm not sure what to tell you. Because <laughs> that's that's. that's, that's and, if you, and if you claim you don't have time, you may want to start making some. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if you, if you feel that way. Like I said, the, the Cliff Notes version is there for right now. Then you can always backtrack and, um, you know, backtrack and, and fill in the blanks on, on the nitty and the gritty. So. Mm-hmm because rest assured there is some things there is at the very least one or two new things that we find out in the, uh uh in the show one or at the very least one that's probably going to bridge the the um uh go lead in as a bridge to what we got as the sequel trilogy um as in as also um whatever Felony's cooking up as the um the uh, the end game Infinity War movie that he's planning to do with all of uh, these uh, these characters uh, that they're, they're, that he's that he's cooking up. So uh, we shall see. Though uh, that being said, I don't know what else. You got something else to, uh, you want to? talk No, about no. About like it. I said, we're not going to spoil it. Uh, I wanted to mention that one kind of you know big
0: curveball. I think the other big curveball is a little too spoilery to discuss. But it is involved with that kind of uh,
1: gap in time, let's say. Yeah. Yeah. Which that may, like I said, if you are up on your rebels, that may or may not be apparent. Or it may not, because it will definitely make you think when you see when you uh see a thing or two. But yeah, it was it was great to see these characters. It was great to see the couple of characters that are, are with them, especially one from the clone war clone wars who, you know, I wasn't actually expecting to see. Um Right. But um well, I mean, outside of we we knew they were going to be there for the trailer, but still, um uh the 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 the, the definitely I'm expecting, at the very least, I would hope, to at least, the very see another uh, rebels uh, cameo at the, or happen because we already got him in the Mandalorian, so I can't expect that they're just going to leave that there. Mm-hmm. Um, but if that's the case, I guess. I, mean, I wasn't too crazy about the character in the first place, but still, it would be cool to see him, you know, kind of uh, a, a, a kind of. Uh, a makeshift rebels reunion in here, since especially with what they're kind of going for with this. Sure. Um, what else was I was going to say? Uh, yeah, that was it. Whatever, whatever. I'm sure what I what I have will have to say will will come back up. Uh, definitely shout out to uh, to uh, to um, uh, hmm. Oh. Uh, David Tennant, um, is, is in this as a character who, who, uh, that's slightly spoilers, but it also goes back to what I was saying. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm going to shut up before I, I, uh, I say too much about this, but I, but, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> cause I've just realized it was like, dang, I can just talk about this and this and this and this and this, and this but no, no, uh, that's what I'm saying. I was like, no, no, no.
0: We're yeah, cutting yeah. this
1: off right now. Yeah, you know? watch it. If you're a fan of uh, if you're a fan of Ahsoka and Rebels, you should definitely watch this. That's the that is the bottom line here. Um you know, I'm looking forward to the next episode. Pop period. With that being yep. said, um I'm, we're going to go and talk very quickly about uh last week's um uh my adventures with Superman. 'Cause and it won't take much to talk about this because we got um I guess something they've been hinting at. Um which looks to be the I don't know if this is the um if this is supposed to be this version's version of the Suicide Squad or a proto version of the Suicide Squad. But we kinda got that. Mm-hmm. Um also We got uh, Clark ends up getting one of his uh, uh, finding out about one of his new abilities because he's still like like you said, like we've said in the past, kind of learning about his abilities. So he's gaining them one by one, as as it were, um, which ends up being a a problem for him. But also, we uh, get I guess the introduction to a character. Who's probably no more known in the Batman universe? And it goes a little something like
2: Dr. Brent, who is that? Sticky Vale. Sticky Vale. Yeah.
1: So Yeah, that's a that was a surprise sound drop right there. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for that one. I've had that one in the pocket for a while for something, for, for another reason. Um But I'm not crazy about that version of Vicky Fail. I don't know, this version of her. And as Agent Seventy said, it's, it's not Kim Basinger voicing her, which was probably a good thing um, hmm. uh, for for what they were for the portrayal they were trying to go for here. Maybe that's going to change. Who's 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 say we don't know. But like I said, they're they're doing things a little bit different in this universe. But over the overall, yeah. it was a pretty good episode. Yeah, you know what?
0: It's a big SmackDown episode it's uh, everybody
1: gang up on superman and that that's kind of, that was kind of fun to watch yeah and it's a cliffhanger of which part of me made me maybe and i don't know maybe something's gonna happen because i was just like wait it seemed like to me there should have been another revelation that happened before uh i mean before the end of the episode because again like i said it was a cliffhanger it's a part one of a part of of two um mm-hmm. i assume of two anyway Uh, But I was expecting one more thing to kind of get revealed there, but that still hasn't happened yet. So I guess they're going to tease that out a little bit more. But we'll see. Good stuff if you're you're checking that out, though. Yep. Yep. And with that, uh, we can go into we're going to go into the books of the week. That we will.
0: That we will, and I will pull up a nice transition.
1: Uh, And the book we are going to start off with is, um, sorry, I'm trying to do some typing here. Amazing Spider-Man number 32. Amazing Spider-Man number 32 is written
0: by Zeb Wells with art by, oh, I'm scrolling down to my notes with art by Patrick Gleason, colors by Marcio Meniz, and letters by V.C.'s hardest working letterer, our favorite lettering by V.C.'s Joe Caramagna. It's what, folks? This is the immediate fallout of what happened in the last issue. There's, what, maybe a week's worth of time that passes? And we see what has happened uh, after that. But we open with some not so subtle uh, uh, making whoopee, as the newlywed game would, or or the dating game would put it back in the day, between not uh, the Goblin Queen, but the Queen Goblin. They make very clear in this issue Mm -hmm. that it is, in fact, the Queen Goblin. So, you know what? Thanks for clearing that up. And the current Craven the Hunter. It's not Sergei Kravinov. It's not. It's his son, I believe.
1: Right. Correct.
0: So, uh, you know, that that partially solves one one, well, I guess what it is, what it does is that it kind of pushes the story what to what we think is going to be its inevitable conclusion, or at least this inevitable development, because we know that, uh, Norman Osborne was artificially made good. And we, we all kind of have, a, have an idea that that may not last. And we are starting to see what Wells is cooking up for the return of, um, Norman's alter ego. Mm. And, uh, you know that's that, that that's pretty straightforward and i was right that they they might actually set up pete with um uh, uh janice's friend yes the hot the hot lawyer friend yes 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 and you know that, that it was kind of fun to see that you know happen <clears throat> in the very next issue
1: right well i mean granted this is peter parker we're talking about so his his, his love life is Kind of fraught with landmines, so if they if they are doing that, they are trying to subvert uh, subvert that expectation, or at least the the um, the expediency of that of that happening. Right, um, right. Uh, but
0: it also we also remember that it is in fact Peter Parker, and he is always at least drawing the hottest chicks. Because even Felicia's like, yeah, she's hot,
1: right? Well, yeah, and Felicia, <laughs> I'm sure Felicia, <laughs> Felicia would also probably probably uh, get get with that. I was kind of yeah. wonder if they were going to, because especially after that, um, the, after the last year, she was like, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, the bachelorette party, yeah, right? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. she spent more time with the with the with the the lawyer friend than than with the with the other folks, which for partially some obvious reasons, but um, so. Yeah, I wasn't sure how, how that one was going to go, but it could have gone either way. Right. So. And
0: I like, I like how, in, you know, speaking of subverting expectations, I like how what we thought might happen in this issue ends up happening to Spidey. And I like the teaser cover for the next issue. That's so, That they drop on the uh, cliffhanger page or the upcoming... The, the, not, the, not the cliffhanger page,
1: but the coming up next issue, issue number 33. I like that. That's so, kind of fun. Yes. Yeah, so part of me had actually kind of figured they were going to do what they did to Spidey. I couldn't... Mm-hmm. I had nothing... I had not much to base it on with the exception of the fact of how close Peter and Norman were getting. And they're the, and having quote unquote common ground in a sense so there was really nothing that would would draw any conclusions to say that okay this was going to happen but part of Mm -hmm. me kind of figured this was going to happen um and maybe congratulations
0: eh, I don't know I didn't didn't really uh, see it happening but then when it happened I was like oh yeah that makes sense like in terms of you know the way they portray uh you know this uh no one dies on my watch, Peter, from the last say like five years, right,
1: yeah, I don't know like I said, it, it was i like I, said, I can't really take too much credit, and I haven't seen it anywhere else, but it, it's more like it's just it just felt like there was a thing that would happen, so i'm kind- of, I guess you know in a sense I'm more like you it was like when I saw it happen, I was like, okay yeah, sure, there you go, but uh that being said, this will probably be the thing that gets back to what you're saying though.
0: Oh, you mean like ultimate the ultimate goal of restoring right.
1: the status quo, right? right. So, in, in that respect, it was like, okay, sure, it had to it had to kind of happen some some way, and yeah, the way things were going, it couldn't have been it couldn't stay the way it, it were.
0: not as directly as we thought it might, but yeah, right. in a roundabout way, it's going to get there. But uh, but as I said, the uh, the teaser for the next issue, I like that. That's a great cover you know if if in fact that I don't I haven't looked at the solicitations for that issue but it's a pretty straightforward looking John Romita Jr cover mm-hmm. I like the cover because it teases you know it's it's reminiscent of and is a callback to obviously um a, a classic
1: Craven Spidey storyline mhm oh if it's well, actually you know what I didn't look at that but if it's the same one that they mentioned um during in the story then yes
0: Oh, yeah, of course. Of yeah. course. But you should just flip, you know, if you get a chance to flip to, uh, you know, it's past the letters page. So, you know, once you flip past the
1: letters page,
0: pages, right. then you'll see it. And it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I think that's the one thing I didn't do. I didn't flip past it because I forgot about the gods page also, which, yeah. Did you mention the the creative team on that? The
0: gods? No, no, I didn't write that down. Just because I know that they, they intersperse these gods pages throughout and I haven't really mentioned them because I know that it's just an, this ongoing tease. So I haven't had a chance to kind of put two and two together when it comes to these gods pages. But yes. if you want, you know, I know you put, the, you put the, the, the credits in your notes. So the gods page in this issue is written by Jonathan Hickman with art by Eric Arseniega. And it's lettered by V.C.'s Joe Caramagna.
1: Well, wait, no, I think – Wait. Wait, did I? I think Gleason also did some art on this. On on the. Or am I tripping? No, no, never mind, never mind. Uh, that's the case. Because I was like, when I wrote it, I was like, well, wait, did, did they just do the thing of the thing? But i was just also looking back at the. Um, yeah, Gleason did do some art on this, so I did, I missed that so gleason also did the the uh the god's page but uh but eric rc nega did was the curler artist there you go so that was my slip either way that's that's pretty much that stuff uh yeah i don't know what that stuff is i mean we know we've already already had talked about the fact that he's building up to whatever that stuff is but yeah we don't we're not really getting a good sense of what that's going to be we just know it's hickman and we're probably going to be on board for it anyway
0: quite likely. right 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 <clears throat> you know it it's obviously very reminiscent of like crisis right you know with like interspersed you know bits of story uh to trying to you know to, to to help tease what's going to happen and you know obviously we're we're kind of the target audience because we read a lot of marvel Right. So, you know, it, it's it would be geared towards us. But right now, I'm just having a hard time keeping track of it.
1: Yeah, I think they're just trying to it's kind of the thing. It was like, hey, I'm just trying to let people know that these folks are around, you know, because we've seen them in Hellfire or We've seen them in the pages if people decide to, you know, sometimes they've even put them in between the pages of the, the story, you know, in right. a certain sense. But then now they've been kind of putting them into the back of the book, you know, I guess, gearing up four if weirdly enough felt like one of those hostess twinkies ads <laughs> that used to be back in the day in the books um so i don't know either way that's amazing spider-man uh number 32 uh we're going to push on to uh, invincible iron man number nine right and this is going to kind of lead us into the x corner or the fall,
0: and the x corner slash fall of x corner of this week's books invincible iron man number nine is written by jerry duggan with art by Juan for colors by brian valenza and letters again by vc's hardest working paisan vc's joe caramania is there a hero uh, is there a, a god's page in this i don't think Okay so, no, no there's not no there's there's not so um you know we we kind of have in this issue a flashback to you know some stuff that happened between um actually yeah it's it's a bit of a flashback i guess it's not necessarily exactly picking up right where we right where we uh, uh end but it basically it basically is with uh, Feilong and Tony kind of facing off. Um, Feilong has to let Tony go, in a sense. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, because of uh, potential PR issues. And Tony is left to figure out his next steps with the aid of uh, Emma Frost, who he was able to rescue from the clutches of Feilong and Orcus. Ultimately, what we find in this issue is... Um, what Tony and uh, Emma Frost are kind of working towards using some of their mutual connections and those mutual connections have a twist to them.
1: Yes. So, yeah. And I guess this, I, I guess if we were to put this in a timeline and I'm not sure whether we can or not, this is definitely after the hellfire gala, but before that meeting of the uh, that happens in uh, Uncanny Adventures and wherever else it happened, probably Immortal, right. uh, or uh, wherever that happens, so to so kind of put that together. And of course, like you said, there's more news on the whole Tony and Emma Frost thing in the uh, in the news section. As we've talked about, before, they are definitely working up to a thing, and you kind of see that. Uh, I, I, I guess that part kind of uh, come apparent leading up to uh, the next issue. Actually, I think that's going to happen in the next issue, but we'll see when uh, we get down to the thing. So, yeah, that was uh, Invincible Iron Man number. So come, to, come to find out that, hey, Tony and Emma Frost kind of have some... While their situations are not the, exactly the same, I guess they can share in, some, uh, in their... Uh, their temporary downfalls
0: sure sure and as i said they have a a mutual they have mutual connections via an aspect of their backgrounds being shared Mm -hmm. so you know that part you know while known to us you know we get to see that play out here in this storyline and as i said earlier there is a pretty big twist you know, unbeknownst to unbeknownst to
1: most readers, but I think I think they had revealed this elsewhere. Are you you're referring to uh, who shows up at the end? in yes, yeah. yeah, that, yeah, that, that, that's yeah, yeah. has been revealed like, If you're, I think if you've been up on the X X-book, books, you've kind of. I don't know about that one particular aspect of it, but definitely, but the the fact that the character is kind of in the X corner now, for for right. a reason. Um, speaking of which, um, uh, uh, Duggan puts a line in, in the book, uh, which I, I had to chuckle at for a second. Cause I feel like he's, this is, um, <laughs> I, I feel like, uh, he, that this is something personal for, for reasons. And the line is everyone with a social media account is just, just a useful idiot.
0: Yeah. 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 I laughed at that.
1: I was like, huh? I'm like, yep, yeah, uh, I see you, Doug. I laughed at that. You're not yeah. wrong, but also I see you.
0: <laughs> yeah, I laughed at that.
1: All right. Mm-hmm.
0: Anything else on this before we no, move on to it. other X-Books? Because I know that Roddy Cat and I read two other X-Books, each one of them in common. So we'll just do these, not rapid fire, but on the quicker side. Gene yeah. Grey, number one of four is written by Louise Simonson. Wheezy! <laughs> Wheezy Simonson's back! With art by Bernard Chang, colors by Marcelo Maiolo, and letters by VCs Ariana Mar. So, this Gene Grey miniseries focuses on Jean in the wake of what happened at the Hellfire Gala, but this first issue seems to reflect that the four issues are going to be kind of a walk down memory lane mm-hmm. by going down the paths not followed. Right. That's what it seems like to me.
1: No, you're, you're absolutely right. And also felt like a slight rock on all, unless that was a part of the, the road start not, not traveled part, which right. Right, I'm still not entirely sure about where it, it broke off. Because it feels like, at a certain point, it was like, wait, is this a what-if? And then you kind of, by the time you get to the end of it, you kind of get to, it was like, okay, I see what's going on here. Got it. Right. Uh, but at the same time, I, I feel like there's it's like, well, some of this seemed like it could have been a retcon to some stuff that we have, we have been seeing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not entirely sure. So I guess we'll, we'll have to just leave it as it is until either that bears out or... It gets to the thing of like, nope, this is, it is what it is. Right. And if there's one thing I want to leave everyone with when it
0: comes to the character of Jean Grey, I feel that much like Sue Storm, it all depends on who is writing the character and how they choose to portray the character. Because Sue, like it or not, is the most powerful member of the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. Jean phoenix or no phoenix may in fact be the most powerful member of the x-men so um you know it's and obviously you know when it comes to you know like gender roles and sexism you know playing a playing a part in how the character's been portrayed over the years you know we get that but you know when it comes down to brass tacks this very that you know that I, I think the case may very well be made that uh, these two characters, respectively,
1: are the, the powerhouses behind their two teams. Right. And, um, and as far as Gene's concerned, I want to say she is still considered well, she's, she's definitely still an Omega Mutant one. And uh, I guess in, by proxy, one of the 12 in that. So, all the way around, yeah, she's just she's pretty much one of the most powerful out there. Like, the people seem to. Uh, sometimes lose sight of that. Right, right. I just wanted to
0: to make that quick point before we moved on. Um, Where we diverge here, folks, is that I read X-Force number 43. It's written by Benjamin Percy with art by Robert Gill, colors by Guru EFX, and letters by VC's Joe Caramagna. I will say very quickly that this issue focuses on the role of X-Force during the events of the Hellfire Gala, While weaving in the story that has been in the background of X-Force for months, if not years, (laughs) when it comes to what's going on with Colossus. I don't want to spoil what's going on, but if you are familiar with what's been happening in X-Force over the last two years and what's been happening with Colossus, it all seems to be about to come to a head. So... That is what happens in X-Force number 43. I will let Roddy Cat pick up with his X-Book. I will talk about, and and it's not necessarily tied into um, uh, Fall of X, but I will read off the credits very quickly of Storm number 4 of 5. It's written by Anna Senti with art by Geraldo Borges, colors by Andrew Dollhouse, and letters by V.C.'s Ariana Mar. Take it away.
1: So yeah, this is uh, yet another one of those um, hey, here's a a never before seen story possible retcon to certain things um, a story from from past that we've just now getting to see Um, I had to catch up because I didn't realize I had not read uh, this miniseries since like the second issue so I kind of had lost the thread of what was going on to it. So I read, so, so I read uh, two, three, and four, all back right. to back. Uh, that being said, it was like, okay, so basically, Storm was going to. This was, you know, this was during the Punk Storm phase. She was going to at this point. She was leading the X Men up until uh, things that happened in this story. Um, but they also address other things that are going on with other characters or other. I guess they. Ad- they're addressing other things with other characters, let's just say. But um, uh, the crux is that Storm's kind of having, a, uh, having issues with her powers. Uh, she's kind of doubting herself. She's thinking there might be uh, mutating or whatnot. But there things might not be all that what it, it seems because of this new love interest in her life uh, that has come about that also has some baggage on them and also working with... Um, a known adversary of the X Men, who is basically trying to get some get one of them on their side, um, and of course this is um, uh, back in the day with uh, Kitty Pride, aka Shadow Cat with the C, when she was still a kid and she was having a hissy fit over Storm's um, Storm's new look, which still makes no sense to me. And this th- and they've tried to kind of justify it a little bit, and it still hasn't done that (laughs) it still hasn't uh, sufficiently done that for me but it is what it is Um, uh, that's the crux of it like I said this is the penultimate issue and uh, it's going to lead to some sort of resolution with what's going on and this uh, adversary who weird enough feels like onslaught but for storm in in a way At least that's how they're playing them, but I I, I suspect there's another revelation with that 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 we're going to find out in this next issue, but we'll see. And that's that for a storm. We can get to go ahead and get into uh, Rapid Fire.
0: All right, I'm spinning it up. I ain't got time to breathe. Rapid Fire comic reviews. All right, I don't have too many left. Uh, this is one book we actually have in common, and that is Black Panther number three. It's written by Eve L. Ewing, with pencils by Chris Allen and Mac Chater. Inks are by Craig Young and Mac Chater. Colors are by Jesus Abertov, and letters are by VCs Joe Sabino. So uh, the way I put it to Roddy Cat is this. We have some more table setting involved here in the third issue of Eve L. Ewing's run on the Black Panther. We have more uh, exposition. We have more explanation when it comes to how some characters are related to each other, how they uh, fit into the context of Birnin Tachaka, this secondary city in Wakanda that T'Challa is now running around in, much like uh, you know Batman would be in Gotham in a sense. And he has found his Catwoman slash Black Cat, if you want to make T'Challa Spidey. Um, and they are, in fact, trying to figure out how they're possibly going to work together. Um, and what ends up happening is that they do figure out a way to work together. And something happens that obviously has been teased over the first three issues. And you know another Marvel character uh shows uh, shows up to uh crash a particular social gathering
1: right which is also weird given that this the the last instances of this character being around being in the Avengers uh book right right and, but and that whole thing least, going on right what i
0: was going to say is at least in the first two issues they do reveal that you know why the character would be acting the way right. they're acting right now right All Right. so it's been a gradual thing right uh Alright, anything else? Nope. Alright, next up. Captain America finale number one. It's written by Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly, former guests of the Comic Book Chronicles. With art by Carmen Carnero, colors by Nolan Woodard, and letters by VCs, Joe Caramagna, our favorite hard-working lettering python. So we finally get to the end of this run on Captain America. We get the payoff for the secret behind Captain America's shield. We get the payoff for what Bucky had been plotting this entire time with his, and I'm borrowing a a wrestling term here, his heel turn, as it were. We have uh, some payoff for the character developments of the new Nomad and the new Destroyer. Finally, at the end of the issue, we are kind of restored. The toys are kind of put back into the sandbox, much like the ending of the Zdarsky run on Daredevil. But some characters are changed, uh, You know, I, uh, specifically the aforementioned Nomad, the new version of Nomad, and the new version of the Destroyer. But uh, Steve Rogers is kind of restored to what he was, and this is in advance of the next volume of Captain America with, it's J. Michael Straczynski, right?
1: Correct. Right. So, you know, that's in a few months. Um, wait, before yeah. you go to the next book, I can, I can, if you're watching the video version, I can't let the, this book go by without showing the, um, the variant cover for Age of 70s, favorite artist Greg land. Oh. <laughs> you can see it if you're watching the video version. It's actually not bad, um, but... Well, I haven't seen it, but even without seeing it, sight unseen.
2: <laughs>
0: anyway. Sight unseen. Anyway, last but not least for my rapid fire, folks, is Immortal Thor number one. It's written by Al Ewing with art by Martin Mar- Martin Cocolo or Ciccolo. Um Colors by Matthew Wilson, and letters by VCs Joe Sabino. Hands down, folks, this is my click of the week. There is no hemming or hawing. No, I may have another candidate. Nope, this is straight up my click of the week this week. I recommend this. You do not need to have read any previous Thor when it comes to this. It obviously helps to be familiar with how some characters are related to each other, specifically Thor and Loki, Thor and Sif, Thor and some of the other characters in the kind of pantheon of the Norse gods. But ultimately, this is an excellent jumping on point. You can hand this comic to just about anyone. Obviously, the MCU helps with getting people familiar with the idea of what the MCU or the Marvel Thor is, as opposed to the mythological Thor, right? Bottom line. Is that this is an excellent starting point for a new Thor volume? There are obviously hints of the classic Simons and Run this, but um, bottom line, this is a lot of fun to read. Um, there's a little bit of the um, old English, not the malt liquor, but there's a little bit of the old English. I almost had Roddy Cat do a spit take just now of uh, uh, you know from the Simons and Run. Um, mm-hmm. In this and that was heartening to me as a fan of the older four runs. I know that they have sometimes uh, uh, veered towards more modern English takes and verbiage and 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 and, and using the, the more modern lexicon. But I kind of enjoyed reading this. F- the,
1: the, this the style of writing Thor and Thor stories. And that's it for me. Uh, one, they they kind of made fun of that actually recently in something. I can't remember. It was something Avengers-related. Uh, and I want to say it might have been Avengers Beyond, uh, the last Avengers Beyond book that I think I wanted you, uh, Agent 7, to read because of that, because it was kind of amusing uh, how they did that, because he kind of called attention to it. But also, did you not read... Um, um, Marvel Unleashed. I did not get to it, but okay. you can you can you can spoil it because I no try no to read I didn't it. either. But I was, I was just I was just curious because I was like I, that was another one I wanted to get in, get to myself, but I did not. So, all right, for myself, we go into some MCUification with um, Moon Knight: City of the Dead, uh, number two of five. Uh, it is written by David Propose. Uh, pencils by Marcelo Ferreira. Inks by Jay Leiston, Colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. And letters by BCS Corey Pettit. Uh, and I say MCUification because that's pretty much kind of what's going on here. If you're watching the video version, you can see the uh, the cover to it. That has uh, Moon Knight with uh, the MCU version of uh, it's called Scarab. Who uh, showed up in the first book and is now... Well has been um kind of fighting along with moon knight uh, in the city of the dead because there was a kid that got hurt uh mortally hurt and of course mark being like hey this this happened under my watch so i got to take ever so he s- takes a trip to the city of the dead and scarlet scarab scarab who just so happens to be the protector of said city of the dead um, in trying to find out you know who what when well one find trying to find the kids sold and two find out who and why uh, you know uh, whoever is uh, taking kids' souls uh, and they do part of that, but um, there is uh, a slight betrayal that happens at the end of this book for for a some reason I guess we'll find out in the next issue. Uh, next book is uh, hmm, where are you? All right, fine. There we go. Darkwing Duck number eight. Um, uh, script by Amanda Daybert. Art and colors by Carlo Laurel, Uh, and letters by Jeff Eckleberry. So, last issue there was a team up with um. Darkwing and Neptunia this issue it is a team up with uh Darkwing and the Gizmo Duck. And if you are familiar with the TV show, you know um you know you you'll know the character of Gizmo Duck. Either that in or, or DuckTales I guess, so, uh would be your your inroads to that. But yes, they're still trying to find uh Launchpad's missing compass and headsbutt and uh <laughs> said team up barely goes uh, goes well but it goes so I guess they're trying they're basically seemingly teaming up all the members of the Justice Ducks with Dark Wings to, to bring them all together at some point at least what it feels like to me but we shall see if that uh, continues to be the case uh, next book for me the Potential collector of the Week and that is probably unsurprising by now uh, Star Trek number 11 uh, which uh, is written by uh, Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing, uh art by Angel Antueta colors by Marissa Louise and letters by uh, Clayton Cowles about to say VC but he's not with VC because this is not Marvel <laughs> this is not a Marvel book um so yeah this is continuing the day of blood um um uh, crossover event that is going on in the Star Wars, Star Trek books. Excuse me, I knew that was going to happen. Um, uh, it's funny because Ro Laren and Sila the the the, uh, the the Romulan daughter of Natasha Yar, excuse me, Tasha Yar, not Natasha Yar, um, are pretty much being the the naysayers here. But of course, the Starfleet uh, amongst the crew and Scotty, into a certain extent, also being kind of a naysayer with what's going on uh the, being the negative energy let's say. Um but the of course the the, the Starfleet crew or crew are pretty much showing them what Starfleet's all about in, in this uh in situations such as this. There was a mention of the Kobayashi Maru uh going about which was like I don't know if that's the case, but hey sure this is it's it, i can see how this could seem like that. But they still do um Kornos Basically, trying to stop uh, Kalis, the clone Kalis, uh, and uh, the Red Path, which is his uh, his cult, uh, from basically taking over things. Um, and we see, you know, various members of the crew kind of doing their thing. We see Beverly Crusher uh, channel Will Smith and Batman in, in a sequence, which was uh, pretty, <laughs> which was pretty cool to see, in in relation to a character and um we we see some uh some some great um some great character moments uh, put it this way in this thing and at the end of this uh issue we we get to see um the two mains uh wharf and benjamin cisco finally reach their goal of uh getting up to um kayla's almost a video game style i would say <laughs> But you can say that about almost anything. So it's good. Oh, and Alexander, who is, of course, working with K-Less, uh, much to the chagrin of Worf. So, good stuff. Uh, Good stuff. Next book for me is... my last book, which is Fantastic Four Annual 2023 number 1. Um... Mm-mm-mm. Where are you going? Where are you? There we go. Um, It is written by Zach Gorman, with art by Alan Robinson, color artist uh, Guru EFX, and letters by VCs Joe Karamania. So this is continuing that uh, contest of chaos that is going on. Uh, This time around it is the Human Church versus uh, Ghost Rider. They're looking to be in Limbo, or a Limbo-like place. Um fighting out for whatever it is they're fighting for which they still don't necessarily know Um, but it ends and there is a victor uh, and there is a backup story where Spidey and Jessica Jones is still on the case but maybe possibly getting closer with a little bit of help Um, and that folks is it for myself clicks of the week clicks of the week (laughs)
0: Like yeah, 70. we know what mine is. I already said it, guys. Yeah. I already said it, folks, ladies, and germs. You know what it is.
1: here. I will give this nice George Perez variant, like variant of the immortal Thor. There we go. Yes, uh, for folks to see on the video version. As a matter of fact, I'll just throw one more because there was actually a couple of good covers for that for the uh, for this book. It's Francis Manipole's cover. This is a, also a good one. Um. That's it. So yeah, that's 1870s. Seventies. Mine. Oh wait, here's Brian Hitches. There you go. Um, for myself, I think I'm going to go with uh, Star Trek number eleven. I said it was a potential click of the week, but it's it, yeah, it's pretty much the one that stood out for me. Um, I know that um, possibly if one dirt. PCN underscore dirt was caught up, he would probably pick this as well. But I'm not gonna put that uh put those uh, words in his mouth, but just say tentatively probably is <laughs> would be the case. More likely than not. Let's just yes. say that one. Yes. yes. Um I'm I was going to mention a couple of books from last week, but I didn't get to catch up on the ones that I didn't, uh, or at least the the one that I wanted to at the very least bring up. So we'll shelve that for another time because it'll probably come up with something recently. And with that, we're going to move on to the news. So let's get one ad read out of the way, please. Our first ad read of the night is for blue aprons, meal delivery
0: service, blue apron, fresh ingredients and incredible recipes delivered weekly to your door skip the grocery store and make incredible meals at home with blue apron always shipped free right to your home and now the listeners of the comic book chronicles can get $30 off your first blue apron order to place your first order with $30 off and to help keep our show free for you go to our network website at cspn.us that's cspn.us then click on the keep our podcasts free link at the top of the page from there, scroll down to the Blue Apron link and sign up for your first order. Blue Apron through CSPN.us. Do it today. And now we get into the news.
1: Ah, that was the wrong transition. Ha, 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 ha. Cinematic news, folks. Pink. Hulu is losing... What it called, well, this article is calling a cult favorite Marvel movie soon. That movie is Ang Lee's The Hulk. Uh, it's going to be removed from Hulu on September 30th, as Agent 70 postulated uh, last week after the show, probably likely going to uh, Disney+. Plus. The plus! Yep. Next up.
0: All right. Uh... Oh, did I open this? Yes, I did. There it is. Um, so nothing is planned for a fifth Thor movie yet, but if it does happen and Taika Waititi is back at the helm, he actually does have some ideas for what to do. Uh, he basically says that he'd like to step up from the Hella level of villain and add a villain that's somehow even more formidable. That should have been Gore the God Butcher, but they kind of messed that one up. So we'll see how uh, you know a Thor five movie goes if, in fact, it
1: uh, it does get made. Indeed, um, Marvel's Thunderbolts director claims that the film will not be a sequel to any MCU predecessors, but a standalone experience. Um, sure, uh, the quote here in uh, in. In recent in a recent uh, interaction with comic book, he says, "Yeah, I wouldn't look at this as a sequel at all. We don't talk about it that way, and we've never really kind of approached that that way in any of the conversations we had with Kevin and Brian. I think you know who those are. Wink. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that's me putting that in there. Uh, I think that the story to be told about a group of characters who can relate to each other in a certain way, or have gone through certain things, and we're going to go get into that, which." That quote kind of reached to me saying, Hey, we want to do Suicide Squad without kind of mentioning we're we're doing Suicide Squad. Right. Next up.
0: righty. So uh we talked about this earlier. Roddy Cat mentioned it very specifically mm-hmm. that the Ahsoka series is now releasing has released its first two episodes this past Tuesday and not on Wednesday. So following that uh uh event the eight-episode season one will continue to release every Tuesday evening at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, which, as we said earlier, gives us more time to watch it and possibly rewatch it.
1: Next up. Uh, speaking of Ahsoka, there, um... Wait, actually, hold on. This might be... Toy Corner? No, no. Um oh, okay, okay, I, I I was tripping for a second, so uh, there's going to be um, a Star Wars Ahsoka special on Disney+, Plus because I saw Master and Apprentice, which is the name of the first episode, and I was like, wait, wait a minute, and I know I put this in here, but still. Um, so yeah, there is actually what I originally thought is actually going to be the case. So along with new episodes of Star Wars Ahsoka, there is going to be on September 15th um... There's going to be um, Star Wars. Uh, excuse me. There's going to be Master and Apprentice. A special look at Ahsoka, um, and uh, I guess it's a behind the scenes special that details how the series comes to life. So there you go. So before this even series even ends, or even in the, it's in the middle of it, because it says here that the final three episodes are going to be after this. Uh, that special airs. Um, yeah, it's still going to be more so good are just throwing us uh, out there in the, in the midst of it. So cool. Uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, when that happens next up,
0: Loki season two producer explains what's going on with Sylvie. Spoiler alert, working at a fast food restaurant. So, um, you know, in a bit of footage that was revealed, uh, that is, um, that is kind of spoiled, but ultimately that uh, bringing this fast food restaurant into the storyline provides a unique perspective on the character of Sylvie, who up until now has been driven by anger and revenge, but now working at this uh, fast food restaurant, the character will just be enjoying the little and ordinary things in life. Okay. Well, listen, Loki is not that far away, folks. No. Not. It's, it begins streaming on October 6th.
1: Mm-hmm. And I first saw this because one, there's a typo in the in the um, in the the um, article title, and in the story itself, which I think they might have changed one of them, but I guess not. Uh, which made me think of coming to America because I was thinking I was like, wait, so it's a as uh, a knockoff McDonald's? It's not the Golden Arches, it's the Golden Arcs. Oh no! <laughs> but that's not the case, and this is just an actual typo in the article. Um, I also thought that was another variant. But anyway, hey folks, guess what? Uh, The Mandalorian, Mount Wandavision, and Loki season one are going to be released on Blu-ray and 4K. Uh, um, soonish actually. Uh, the first season of Loki will become available on September 26th. Wandavision on November 28th. The first two seasons of The Mandalorian on December 12th. Um, there's also going to be collector's edition, uh, uh, cases of those steel box, all the works. Um, and this article kind of goes into some of the, the other, uh, things that are going to be in the set, but it's it's fairly standard for, for, um, for, for season sets in this day and age says all four titles will be available to pre-order on August 28th. And there might be a reason all this is happening, as we have mentioned in the past, that it might have to do with the next story, which is layoffs, folks. Not good. So Disney Plus is probably going to
0: lose even more content. The company said it could remove more content from its streaming services by the end of this month. This is actually posted from June. So, um, yeah, th- you know, this Uh, ultimately has been going on for a little while and um you know disney may be pulling uh continuing to pull shows as uh cost-cutting measures so Mm. disney plus may have fewer things to watch
1: in the near future i mean they can cut some of that net geo stuff that's fine Mm. crap especially storage wars come on anyway um also on the Disney uh business front which feels kind of petty but I'm kind of I'm, I'm kind of into it. Disney files a suit in uh state court against Ron DeSantis's appointed special district board. Uh the company seeks damages and claims retaliation. So yeah, this is that that whole um Disney versus that stupid Florida governor is still kind of ongoing. I, I kind of feel they, this kind of suit is kind of petty, but also, you know what? I'm not mad at it. This is one of the few cases where I'm not, I'm not mad at it. Uh, you can I'm not going to go through, into the, the, the details, because if you've been uh, hitting any kind of news outlets, most news outlets outside of that the faux one, um, you will probably get some fairly good insight into what's going on here. Or read this article in the show notes. Next up. I get the sad story. Actor Ron
0: Cephas Jones has died at the age of 66. His role as William Hill, the biological father of Sterling K. Brown's Randall Pearson on This Is Us, earned Jones four Emmy nominations, for which he twice won Outstanding Guest Actor in a Drama Series. He's also known for his television roles in Luke Cage, Mr. Robot, and The Get Down along with his movie roles in Across the Universe and Dolomite Is My Name. A representative for the actor shared uh, with the media, with People Magazine, that Jones had died at the age of 66 and was said to have passed away due to, quote, a long-standing pulmonary issue, unquote. 66 is way too young. Rest in power, Ron Cephas Jones. Uh, Roddy Cat reminded me earlier that he is, in fact, the father of the OG Peggy from Hamilton. Uh, what's her what's her name? Ja- ja- Jasmine? Jasmine? Yeah. It is Jasmine, right? Jasmine yes. Jones.
1: Hmm? I think it's Jasmine Cephas Jones, but I can't remember. Jasmine what Cephas was. Jones. Yeah. I think right. It, yeah. I think it is Jasmine Cephas Jones. Yeah. So uh, if you're watching the video version, you can see the Instagram post from Sterling K. Brown um, um, uh, about the news. All uh, I'll just say it's rest in peace, Bobby Fish um yeah the, the man was a fantastic actor no matter what you've seen you know, you know what you've seen him in like i i did not watch uh, this is also like pretty much most of everybody else who was crying and weeping about it and mm, you know <laughs> um that was and, me i yeah, was with them yeah and saying it was so good i was like i'm not i don't know i'm not trying to be down bad every week <laughs> watching nothing else like that no but um but yeah that was me i was with them yeah But but I hear it's a great show and all that. I'm sure sure it was, but it's like, no, I can't do it. So, yeah, but like I said, um, he will be definitely missed because, like I said, he was a great actor. Um, Next up, though, speaking of um, some sad news, Darren Kent, uh, Game of Thrones and Dungeons and Dragons actor, dies at 76. Um, Darren Kent, who, again, uh, along with uh, uh, being in the aforementioned Two Things I Mentioned, Uh, He was also in the East uh, Enders and more. He died on, um, well, it's past Friday. Uh, His death was confirmed by his talent agency uh, in a statement uh, that was posted to Twitter. Um, I won't read the statement, but um, you can see, if you're watching the video version, you can see the, um, you know, you can see the, uh, the statement there.
0: Next up. My adventures with Superman spoiled the Batman character's debut <clears> in <throat> new, in a new trailer. So uh, this trailer just spoiled the arrival of a key Batman character, and uh... so yeah, we kind of I kind of talked. About oh it, no, you we talked. Yeah, we talked about this because we already reviewed the episode. Right, Dicky Vale.
1: Dun, dun, sh, Hold on, hmm. got a short. Vicki Vale. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. the The, the program just rigged out. I was like, "Wait, there's no." I thought you did that on purpose. I was mm-hmm. like, "What?" Mm-hmm. I didn't even touch it. Though. It was. Just, I was trying to stop it, actually. That's so funny. Uh, anywho, next up, remix. Um, they're tiny. They're toony. They're back and still loony as I'm going to say. But there is a trailer for the new um, Tiny Toons Luniversity uh, that is going to premiere on September 9th. Uh, you can check it out if you have not already. It looks like uh, there's going to be... Did you stop that? Um, it's going to be 10 episodes in Season 1, and we'll start... Oh, I'm sorry. Um, season 9 is going to start... I'm be September 9th is going to be on... Cartoon Network, but it's going to be streaming on Max on September 8th. There we go. So, um, but yeah, the trailers those out there, you can check it out. Next up.
0: Warner Brothers Pictures and DC's The Flash movie, which hit theaters only in June, now has a date for its streaming debut on Max. It's going to
1: be uh, available on... Tomorrow. Holy crap! Tomorrow! Friday, August 25th! As of this recording, by the, if you if you Holy hear this recording damn. after the fact, yeah, you, it will probably already be out there.
0: Yeah, it'll be available for me to now watch.
1: <laughs> I will. Well, I. I mean, now that you I know. don't have to pay for it, I will probably watch it. Say again. <laughs> so now that I don't have to actually "quote unquote" pay for it, um, I, I will probably watch it. Oh no! You know, I was not going to pay to watch the Scarlet Criminal, so. And I'm I'm not necessarily paying for Max as it is. So yeah. Win-win for me. That's all I can say. <laughs> Next up though. Um Hey, Blue Beetle did pretty good at the uh box office. It actually beat um well Barbieheimer in, in, in short order, I guess. Um But it says, yeah, uh Blue Beetle beat Barbie with 25.4 million, but Barbie's kind of had a pretty good run already you know past the billion mark so i don't think blue beetle's going to top that but you know (laughs) beating out a beating out a movie that's been pretty much on top for what three four weeks at this point you know is saying something but not really saying much (laughs) <laughs> movies tend to you know, movies tend to die down at the point. But let's see, twenty four point more four million in North America is what it uh started out at uh, the opening weekend. Um it mentioned start tropical storm here in Lorraine. I hope all the people out there in Cali stay safe. Um and also how they're going to be impacted by that, uh, by the tropical storm. But, you know, there's that. And not to mention the, 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 the strike, I guess, but I, I don't think that's going to do anything about that. But overseas, $18 from from 63 markets. Money, money, money. Next up. Next
0: up, I wanted to mention very quickly before we move on that I was trying to get tickets to watch Oppenheimer in, like, true IMAX. Right, hmm. so here in New York City, there's one like true IMAX theater. It's the classic uh, IMAX theater that's up by Lincoln Center. It's the Lincoln Square Theater. Yo, let me tell you, at least during like non-working hours, like you know when you can go like after work or on the weekend, hmm. Oppenheimer tickets are impossible to get. They're almost all Weird. sold out because everyone knows or has heard via word of mouth that the large presentation the you know the, the the biggest presentation you
1: can find is the way to watch it I so like that's fluff but i sure i don't i don't doubt it <laughs> that's just it? me that's just me you know that's uh, that's my like i'm not saying imax is not a big deal or what. because i'm like yeah sure they're gonna tell you to, to watch it in the biggest the most expensive ticket
0: right no but ultimately this is word of mouth stuff it's not even right. you know from people that that, that have watched it so mm-hmm. bottom line Uh, you know, and and and, uh, whatchamacallit, Mark Bernardin said so on um, Fat Man Beyond. So, but uh, I just wanted to mention that I I was actually trying to get tickets and I was rebuffed in my efforts. This next story, though, TMNT Mutant Mayhem crosses 100 million dollars globally. So, the movie has surpassed the $100 million mark at the worldwide box office. The film's collection currently stands at 75, $76.8 million domestically and $23.1 million internationally. So that doesn't seem so high after two weeks since the release, you know, when compared to Barbieheimer. It's financial performance is deemed impressive considering its budget was kept at a lean 70 million so it is in the black and it comes at a time when the tmnt franchise is
1: surpassing the 1 billion mark in global retail sales all right right and not as much advertising as you would think right um now granted having seen their faces on pizza boxes and having seen some some advertisement, and I was like, okay, I don't know where because somebody had mentioned that to me, um, or not mentioned that to me, but had mentioned that that I thought I saw. I'm like, I've seen it being advertised, so it's not like they weren't, you know, they weren't pushing this thing a little, and also in theaters, but whatever. Anyway, um, hey folks, did you ever want to have or see a Nerf movie? Well, guess what. <laughs> There's a good chance that you're probably going to get your wish. And I don't know who this person is outside of, person, Why? Uh, outside of a person that's in Hollywood, exactly, trying to, trying to make some money, because I can't see anybody else kind of wanting that. Uh, according to Brooklyn Nine-Nine writer uh, Van Robichaud I guess that's his name, I just if I'm butchering it. He once pitched a rather incredible-sounding Nerf movie, according to this uh, IGN article. Quote, I pitched a Nerf idea I loved uh, a few... Wait. I pitched a Nerf idea I loved a few back they didn't go for. That's, that's how the sentence is saying. He said on Twitter, get a rock, a Hemsworth, uh, a Hemsworth, any big action star. Hire a great action director and do a normal action movie, but every weapon is a Nerf movie. Um, Nerf Weapon. That was his pitch. Uh, every bullet is foam, added Robichow about his Nerf idea, never directly address it in the film, and play it all straight. Which, honestly, hey, you know what? I, Given what Barbie's doing, I can't... That's not a terrible. <laughs> um, it gets into some more news. Actually, I'm going to take this next one because it, uh, it does fall right into the next one. Uh, because um... Uh, it kind of goes away from that Nerf thing and mentions the fact that Hasbro has launched an entertainment division led by E1 executives uh, Olivier Dumont, uh, Zeb Forbin, and Gabriel Mur- uh, Murano. So yeah, it says here that we are thrilled to, to embark on this new chapter, building upon our rich heritage of storytelling to continue delight the de- delighting audiences across generations. Dumont said. Uh, Gabe, Zev, and I look forward to working with the industry's best creative talent, studios, and the distribution platforms to push the envelope with uh, innovative storytelling, blah, 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 blah. We already know um, they're trying to push a G.I. Joe movie off the back of that last um, uh, uh, um, Transformers movie, which is apparently, which is actually on Paramount Plus, unless I haven't had her watch. By the way, the honors Trailer, as uh, Agent 70 has reminded me, the, the, is out there for that movie and uh, Spider Man Across the to, to Spider Verse. So, you can go check that out. Might be on the show notes. Who knows? But yeah, they're. Uh, and the reason why it mentions up, uh, uh, I mentioned that after that Nerf one, because Hasbro is the currently the failed and producing over two dozen projects, including the aforementioned uh, G.I. Joe Transformers, Dungeons and Dragons, Nerf. Play-Doh, Magic the Gathering, Peppa Pig, and My Little Pony. So buckle up, folks. Next up. Paramount Plus has released the
0: first teaser trailer for Good Burger 2, unveiling new footage of the returns of original stars Keenan Thompson and Kel Mitchell. Back in 1997, the stars of Keenan and Kell co-starring Good Burger, a feature film based on a series of sketches from the Nickelodeon series All That. 26 years later, Thompson and Mitchell are reprising their roles from the movie for Good Burger Two, which is set for a streaming release on Paramount Plus. Uh... Good Burger 2 will be streaming on Paramount Plus this fall, though an exact premiere date has not yet been announced. The original Good Burger, meanwhile, can be streamed on the free streaming platform Pluto TV, together with a bunch
1: of Godzilla movies. Indeed. Uh, Welcome to Good Burger. May I take your order? Um, Yes, it's not comic book related, but I thought it was fun. Um, But speaking of movies... I was about to say,
0: Roddy Cat took the words right out of my mouth. Moving on.
1: Yeah, like we don't do stuff that's not movie uh, right. around here. But anywho's, um, the, the the 90s kids are stoked at that, I'm sure. <laughs> but speaking of the movies, National I Cinema Day. Cool. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. National Cinema Day returns with movie tickets under four dollars on uh, Sunday, August the 27th. That is a few days from this recording. Um. so yes this Sunday all movies all formats yes including uh, matter of fact even IMAX if Oppenheimer isn't already sold out on your local 70 uh, millimeter screen according to this that's article.
0: what I was trying to do <laughs>
1: according to this article it was already was already with you on this <sighs> Um, all showtimes all day will cost less than $4 at participating theaters, More in 3,000 locations with approximately 30,000 available screens, I expected to take part of this in this one day event. Uh, apparently, this is the second annual National Cinema Day hosted by the Cinema Foundation, which I did not notice a thing is designed to quote celebrate the power of movies to bring us all together and i feel like i've seen either tom cruise or someone else say that in one of those things uh, or vin Diesel saying that in one of those things saying please come back to the theater um or to populate multiplexes during the dark days of summer so yeah and then it goes on into numbers 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 which I won't get into but hey if you are watching this video uh if you're watching this recording or happen to catch this before Sunday hey you want to go watch a movie go for it um you know you can i guess for the movie ticket you can save on the popcorn you can get your a small bag of popcorn <laughs> uh but now we're going to go into the anime corner
0: Right, and I got this story. (laughs) Serendipity, folks. Serendipity as we transition into the anime corner of the news. Folks, that is a transition from the most recent season of Haikyuu. And now... Get ready for the climactic match between Karasuno no Hai and Nekoma High. Haikyuu final two-parter showcases first anime film's title and logo. Haikyuu Day arrived, and with it came more info on the upcoming two-part Haikyuu final anime film project, first announced back in August 2022. We now know... But the title of the first film will be as the two-parter kicks off with the Gekijo Gagichoban Haiku Gomi Suteba no Kessen in English, Decisive Battle at the Garbage Dump anime film. The logo was also revealed for the film, which showcases the climactic match between Karasu no Hai and Nekomahai following the events of the anime's fourth season. Uh, let's see here. Looking for yeah, no no more
1: info on the dates. Yeah, no. But I'm pretty sure we'll let you know when we find out. Um next up though. Uh Ghost in the Shell franchise to launch its global hub site in October. There will be content that will be available in both English and Japanese. Um so yeah this so let 's see the site will cover not only the original manga but also all information for um oshi oishi's uh first anime film to the latest full three d c g animation series ghost in the shell uh standalone complex 20, 20, 2045. And it will also include an overview of each series, synopsis, and character profiles, information on books, packaging, and related merchandise, as well as special content such as exclusive interviews with people involved in the franchise. Um, Prior to the launch of the site, their official Twitter and Instagram for the franchise opened on uh, uh, August 22nd. So, if you're a fan of Ghost in the Shell, hey, check that out. It's good stuff. Next up. All right, we're transitioning into the manga news.
0: Black Clover manga is ending in Shonen Jump. Yuki Tabata's Black Clover has ended its run with Shonen Jump and will be transferred to a different magazine, Jump Giga. So, uh, yeah, uh, Yuki Tabata prepares to end the series itself in a new magazine with a much different release schedule for its final chapters. Uh, That's, you know kind of annoying since i was just thinking about subbing you know starting a sub on
1: jump wait well not that i'm reading black clover yeah but. i was about to say were you doing it specifically for that because <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> um hey you know hey this is it's um there's many and plenty out there i don't know like this article says wildly popular Wait, it was this? No, this wasn't. It was the other the article that I said. It was like wildly popular manga. I'm like, I don't know about that. I, but, you know, you got to take it with a grain of salt with some of these articles. Anywho, we're going to uh, transition over into the comic book news. Wonder Woman comic rockets to number one after James Gunn's endorsement. And that book is Wonder Woman Hist- uh, Historia, which was DC's three-issue Black Label book. Um, and I, apparently it has now been collected into one sequel volume.
0: Uh, did, you, did you skip a story?
1: I don't think so. Maybe I did. Hold on. Um, oh, I My sure problem. did. Yeah, well, you take that one and I'll, and I'll, okay. I'll finish it. No problem. Um, I think clicking on things, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, James Gunn was on Twitter and um, basically said, "Hey, from from 63 to number one in DC books on Amazon since this post. I'm excited for all of you to check out DC Historia. I've heard good things, going on. and I do have seen him kind of going on about it. And we have a copy of the book, but uh, uh, but I don't think none of us read it. Um, or so." And I don't know why I didn't, because I know who wrote it. And I was like, that's probably going to be actually pretty good. So, either way, it's out there, folks, if you want to uh, peruse that. Uh, Next up. Joshua Williamson teases big action,
0: new villains, and the unexpected in new Batman and Robin series in an exclusive to comicbook.com. So... uh The the dynamic duo will be back in action in a brand new series titled Batman and Robin. And at the helm will be writer Joshua Williamson and artist Simone DeMeo. Uh, Bruce and Damon will be teaming up once again. And, uh, you know, this is an update to their relationship dynamic because they have been apart for a little while. And it also includes a certain buzzed about new addition in a villain named not Hush, (laughs) but Shush. Yeah, we're real. We're really stretching for original names here, folks. Well, it's, it's DC. You know, <laughs>
1: that's all I got. It say
0: about stays that. losing. Shout out to Eclectic.
1: Indeed. Um. So skipping me that one. Actually, this is probably good anyway because DC reveals new look at Wonder Woman's daughter Trinity. Um. Uh, this is. Uh, I guess is kind of from Solicits. Uh, from November, so yeah, Tony, uh, Tony, Tom King, um, is, is writing Wonder Woman. Uh, there was a story in, in, uh, Wonder Woman 800, which introduced, uh, Diana's daughter, who is nicknamed Trinity. Uh, let's see. And in Wonder Woman three, which is going to be on sale. Excuse me, November twenty first. Uh, then we will get uh, the first, the the first, um, the debut of uh, uh, Diana's daughter. So there you go. I'm scrolling through uh, some concept art. Uh, there you go, and uh, have at it.
0: Next up, next up in an exclu- in an exclusive story to the beach, the Flash family is racing into the spotlight in a new Speed Force series for DC. The series from Jarrett Williams and Danielle DiNicolo will focus on Wallace, Ace West, a.k.a. Kid Flash, and Avery Ho, the Flash of China. Okay, Uh, looking for release dates here. Speed Force number one is set to arrive in stores and digitally on Tuesday, November 14th.
1: I said, wait, where did Ace come from? I don't, I don't remember ever calling him Ace, but okay. you got sure. me. But I guess that's how they're
0: going to differentiate him from
1: Wally. Well, you know, they've been calling me. him Wallace for this whole time, so I figured that. But I guess that's not enough for them to <laughs> to differentiate. Well,
0: that's literally what they added to the name, Ace.
1: Right. right. So anyway, okay. Um, Christopher Reeve's Superman to return to take on Russia in next comics, uh sequel series. So this is um a sequel to superman 78 uh it which will be called the the metal curtain and um it's it says here it sets the man of steel on a collision course with the soviet union i first saw this article on lightweight so they're doing red sun superman in (laughs) in uh in the 78 universe um some of this is coming from november and early december uh Solicitations, so that's that's why we got some of this in, uh, in that. Uh, let's see, Superman, Superman. According to this article, the seventy-eight, the Metal Curtain will introduce Metallo to the Reeves universe created by the Soviet Union as a response to the Man of Steel. So there you go. Uh, do we have a date for when this is going to happen? Okay, come on, you are giving way too much. Here we go. Uh, November 7th, 2023 is when that's going to be released. Next up.
0: alrighty. righty. So in an article on Marvel.com and a trailer, uh, X-Men, Iron Man, the wedding of Emma Frost and Tony Stark, get ready for the most exceptional power couple the Marvel universe has ever seen. Introducing, introducing Mr. Mid- uh, introducing Mrs. And Mr. Emma Frost, exchanging vows this September, uh, uh, I'm not going to press play on it, but you can
1: watch this trailer for more. Yeah. That would be funny. That would be actually pretty funny if Tony actually takes our last name. mm mm-hmm. Um. Groundbreaking. Um, Toy Corner. Marvel is... Uh, let's see. He says uh, Steve Evans, who is the product designer director for Marvel at uh, Hasbro, posted some images of... 2023 Marvel 4-inch Epic Heroes Kid Focus line. So uh, yeah, there's a 4-inch line of Marvel uh, Marvel figures. I can't call them Marvel Legends, but there are, are Marvel figures for the Little Jimmies. Um, you can see and Jimettes, I guess, <laughs> also. Um, yeah.
0: The, I'll, just very quickly, I, I'm looking at the image and Obviously, there's some very kid-friendly uh, characters that are released here. Obviously, there are uh, multiple Spideys, multiple costume Spideys. There's a Miles. There's an Iron Spider. There's a I believe a video game Spider. There's a Captain America Sam Wilson, but no Captain America Steve Rogers. There is a Venom, and there are multiple X-Men, mostly resembling their X-Men '97. Uh, costumes and guardians as well.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. Sure. Um, I mean, right. well, this they is do have the, to leave. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was about to say, despite this being for the kids, I suspect there's going to be a very s- small selection of uh, collectors who's probably going to get these also.
0: Sure, sure. And I find it interesting that uh, it's mostly the movie Guardians minus Gamora.
1: Mm hmm. In fact, I don't see two. Well, there's Storm. But that's about it. A storm and Rogue. No. no, you mean X-Men? There's Cyclops on the far left? No, no, no. no. I meant uh, female. Oh, just women.
0: Oh. Yeah. Uh yeah, female and characters Mantis. yeah, Storm and Rogue and Mantis
1: yeah, it um
0: yeah that's the and, thing.
1: and and Cosmo. Well, I guess if they if they're going, that version, <laughs> if sure, they're going yes. with the <laughs> version, yeah, if <laughs> they go with the MCU version, Cosmo. Indeed, indeed. Um, real quick, shout out to uh home, the homie uh, Big Rob twenty nine who's in the chat talking about um. <laughs> shout out to Collective One. Definitely has to go. <laughs> <laughs> nice he also said earlier about that uh, nerf movie tomato if it was played straight it could be funny but it's a risky one I'm like yeah that's true it's true, it's true. yeah um uh, bone creator jeff smith cancels bo- book tour after suffering a cardiac arrest uh he's 63 years old uh he suffered a cardiac arrest uh like last week uh, forcing him to cancel his upcoming book tour so he has been on his Dawn of Men tour since February of this year, uh, his first tour with his publishing house, Cartoon Books, and a number of years promoting his new collection, uh, Tuki. However, his recovery will be long enough that he will not be able to continue the tour this year. So, uh, and there's a statement That's that was made about, uh, about the, the situation, but yeah. Hopefully he gets That's
0: better. That's too bad. Get better soon.
1: Yeah, indeed, indeed. Next up.
0: Alrighty, so you can watch a video here on tformers.com. No shout-out to them. Uh, so RoboSen, according to them, is not done milking the auto-transforming Optimus Prime figure. Already there are two different scales, a trailer, and now an AI base. They posted an official reveal trailer on their Weibo channel announcing the new AI smart base. Wow. So what does this base do? It has loads of features that hopefully will allow the robot mode to finally be displayed or hung up. It would seem as it is not shown on the stand yet. It looks like there, is, there are RGB color, controlled lights, app integration, charging, and more for what must be a really big and
1: probably expensive accessory. Yeah. Pass. Um... Uh, in news... Yeah, like you have an Optimus Prime right now. I if mean, you had one right now, you'd be like, yo, I'm getting that. No, I'm not. Oh, no, I wouldn't. I absolutely would
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I absolutely would I don't need a base. The Joker can stand on his own. <laughs> um, but boy, I wish I did have one. Anyway, or the Grimlock. That joke was pretty sweet, too. But in uh, news that Agent Seventy uh, reminded me of uh, prior to the show right because it dropped this week yes um hasbro's star wars chatterback chopper animatronic has been nominated for an extra figure of the year in the toy of the year awards also it was announced well excuse me that was announced this week uh by the toy association but also uh pre-orders for this particular um uh toy uh is on you said it was still on pre-order right Yes, it's still available for
0: pre-order. So get out there, folks. Follow this link and take a look at this chatterback chopper animatronic action figure.
1: So yeah, it looks cool. Sounds like you know if it's yeah, it, it sounds pretty cool. Um, and it, it it does wave his arm and does make sounds and you can interact with it in certain ways. So that's that's pretty smooth. Just in time for Ahsoka. N- no coincidence, none whatsoever.
0: No, Next, not at all.
1: Yeah. Next
0: up. Dungeons and Dragons explains the lack of high-level adventures and future plans to support high-level characters. So, um, we get this from lead rules designer Jeremy Crawford. And, uh, you know, the article starts with some commentary that most Dungeons and Dragons campaigns never reach a high level, but that doesn't mean that Dungeons and Dragons has plans to abandon it. So, at Gen Con earlier this month, ComicBook.com had the chance to speak with Jeremy Crawford, the lead rules designer of Dungeons and & Dragons. And in this interview, they talked about uh, that the D&D design team has often said that, according to various surveys, most campaigns end around level 10. And they asked whether that's why there's so little adventures that venture into the upper levels of the game. So, you know, you can take a look at this interview for more.
1: Yeah um there's a trailer for a new walking dead game walking dead uh, destinies um let's see it says what what makes this game so interesting is that it allows players to reshape the events of the first four seasons of the hit television show so it is a third person narrative driven action adventure game which takes place inside the uh walking dead television series which I'm sure that's what certain people wanted from those Telltale games back in the day. Um, as far as from what I can tell. Anywho's, uh, but this time around the events are going to play out differently. Uh, according to GameMail, players will be able to weave your own path through the series' events during certain key moments. The game will also feature over a dozen characters from the AMC series, including Shane, Michonne, Carol, Daryl Dixon, and more. Uh, the game will be released on uh, basically all platforms. No, no wind, though, because there's, there's no date here. So, next up.
0: Uh It's Kyle Katarn time. Dark Forces Remastered gives you a cleaned up 4K view of an absolute classic, so you get better cutscenes and resolutions, but all of the same Star Wars, but
1: actually Doom uh, S- gameplay. Yeah, basically. So, I'm looking forward to this, because Night Dive Studios, they just came out with their their, their Quake 2 remaster, which is pretty good from what I played a little bit of. Um, uh, And I, yeah, I I have played Dark Forces before, and if they do anything like they did with uh, Quake and um, uh, Doom remasters that they've done, I think it was Doom it says system shock system shock i'm sorry um i don't think they did a doom one yet regardless if they do the same thing like they do with, with those ones people who already own the game might be getting this for free if you owned it on steam which would be great but if you don't hey those uh those remasters have been pretty good i will say so if you had to had a chance to play dark forces which was a pretty good pretty good game no lightsabers but hey still pretty pretty damn good uh yeah Charles Martinet or Martinette is no longer the voice of Mario. Uh, he is stepping back from the role uh, of the voice of Mario and into a new role as a quote unquote Mario ambassador in which he will continue to quote travel the world and share the joy of Mario. Uh, the company Nintendo that is said in a statement posted on the social media <laughs> platform formerly known as Twitter, according to this article, which that's kind of funny. Um, so, yeah, um, hopefully we're not going to get uh, What's-His-Face as the main voice of um, of Mario now. And also, there are Mario games coming out, brand new Mario games coming out, so I wonder who's going to do the voice, unless that was one of his last ones. So, oh wait, actually, this answers that question. Um... apparently he's not going to be in that next uh uh uh, the next couple of mario games or so interesting all right next up all righty last thing that was our last story uh no actually there's one more sorry i didn't put it in the lineup but i'll do it um i was about to say i don't see it where is no no, i didn't put it in the thing oh okay um but Uh, The award-winning game, Marvel Snap, comes to PC. Technically, it already was in PC, but it's an actual uh, 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 made-for-PC version that has just come out. So there's a new cinematic that goes along with it that's anime-inspired, along with their new season, which apparently is uh, anime-inspired. Um, so you can check that out in this article. And if you've been playing Marvel Snap, you can go and probably log on and get the the, the new login stuff, including a uh, devil dinosaur variant and, and um, stuff with it. So, yeah, it, they definitely redesigned the joint and it looks pretty uh, different from the from the old look, um, almost intimidating, but still, you know, you can get around with it so um and that was uh in the past week uh in fact um if you are on twitch uh you can you know still watch us but there are doing twitch drops for marvel snap um where if you watch a couple of hours of uh people playing the game certain people who have uh drops on playing the game you can get stuff for it so you know check that out if you feel so inclined to do so and you like that game uh, and that, folks, is actually the end of uh, our new section. Can we get the last ad read, please?
0: Sure. Before the last ad read, we actually oh, have
1: a little right. bit of physical toy corner. Um,
0: just a little because uh, it's really not comic book related, but it's very much adjacent to some of the things we talk about. Oh, what's in the box? What's in the box is actually this variant Ted Lasso Funko Pop. I'm going to hold it up right here. I may have to turn off my virtual background here, folks, for the viewing audience. The listening audience will just have to uh, wait for me to describe this in very much Netflix subtitles. So what I'm holding up is the Ted Lasso um, variant uh, pop figure. I don't know if this is a bobblehead. I think this is just a pop figure. And, uh, yeah, it's a vinyl figure. It's not a bobblehead. But he's holding the uh, a version of the believe sign, and I was very happy to get this. This is going to take up a spot right here on my bookshelf in my background. Happy to have this, um, you know. Ted Lasso, highly recommend this on Apple TV Plus. Uh, plus. Okay. Alrighty, and our last ad read of the night as I get my background back up, is for Amazon. Help us keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit CSPN.us, then click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, or Marvel Legends. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment that helps us keep the comic book chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you amazon.com through cspn.us do it today
1: and with that folks we come to uh, another end of this here show Uh, thank you uh, everyone for coming out whether it's uh, live for the recording or after the fact you know watching the video or listening to the audio version we appreciate you uh, much much uh, we'll be back next week with more Ahsoka talk, probably more Superman talk and whatever else uh, comes to pass on that front. But also uh, uh, whatever, you know, whatever we get into with the the comic books of the week, which
0: right, we'll be leading into the Labor Day weekend.
1: Indeed, indeed. And uh, I have not seen what books are coming out, so it may be kind of a light one, but or maybe not. We don't see.
0: Yeah, maybe the, the, the week after
1: will be like We'll see what the case is. Yeah. That being the case, um, wait. Dragon Con, I believe, is this weekend. Uh, so for... If it, and if that is the case, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, anybody going out to Atlanta for Dragon Con, have fun, you know, taking a bunch of pictures. Um, yeah, yeah. It's good stuff. One of these days, I get back over there. And with that, um... I have been Riders Cat. You can find me at Riders Cat on Twitter. You can find me at NewsNotesNeed on Twitter. You can find me at CBcaps on Instagram. Uh, PCN... Uh, excuse me. No, nope, no, nope, I do skip. Agent underscore 70 on Twitter, Instagram, and Threads, because I forgot to mention that. Threads! Come on, update the app! Now, PCN underscore Dirt on Twitter, PopCoachNet on Twitter, PopCoachNetwork.com, It's all the Zumbra sites they're in. <laughs> And, of course, last, but never, 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 never least, um... Uh, Tim, togg 98 on Twitter, uh, Comic Book Cron on Twitter, which is the Comic Book Chronicles uh, Twitter account, uh, News Nerds Need on Twitter, NewsNerdsNeed.com, and, more importantly, um, he's over at ComicBook.com writing his face off, uh, under the name Timothy Adams. <coughs> Go check his stuff out. I um, think he might be on leave at the moment, but, yeah, you know, he'll be back. Um, bookmark him. Uh, you can find this here podcast on the Coastal Podcast Network at cspn.us. Do it today! You can also find this on your podcast per usual place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coastal Podcast Network's SoundCloud page
0: make sure to hit like
1: subscribe and
0: leave us all the positive five-star reviews on apple podcasts
1: yeah you can also find us uh recording every thursday night 9 30 ish p.m eastern standard time on the uh youtube channel of the click nation that's youtube.com slash the click nation and twitch.tv slash cumber chronicles like some of the lovely people have um uh tonight we appreciate you
0: Make sure to click like, subscribe, and hit the notification button so you know when we are broadcasting live.
1: And with that, this has been uh, the The Cumber Chronicles. Please! Peace. Peace. One.
2: <laughs> now that's comedy.